The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we have the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray. And we get into AEW's All Out, the main event between John Moxley and CM Punk that led to the return of MJF. Also, we get into the surprise, and I mean surprise reaction from the crowd in Chicago for the acclaimed. We get into all of that, our all-out breakdown right now on the Busted Open Podcast. It's the main event that we thought we were going to see it all out, changed, and we saw it on Dynamite, and then we saw the rematch last night. But maybe even more important than that was what we saw after the main event was over. But Mark, let's start with you. What did you think overall of what we saw in the ring between Moxley and Punk? It was what I wanted the first match to be. And I think that people got what they wanted. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been hurt before. Came back from injury. And as soon as I felt a twinge, oh, I, I rebroke it. I re-injured it. Damn it. And then you mail it in. And I think that's what happened with Punk. That, that's my opinion. It's not fact. It's not based on anything. But other than my feeling about it. And I think now that Punk realized it's not broke. It's not rebroken. Maybe I broke up some scar tissue. You know what I'm saying, bully? You, like you feel and you go, ah, damn it. I, and, and it pops or crackles. But that's just the scar tissue breaking up. It didn't re-injure you. It, it, if anything, it it un, it, un, it it released it released your mobility. It, it allowed you to be able to move around even more, un, unabated. So uh, I think that's that's what happened. And Punk was able to go out there and put the kind of performance together that everybody wanted to see the first time. Yeah, and and bully. Before we get into what happened, you know, in the ladder match and what we saw at the end after the main event was over. You know, I, I think Mark is right. This is the match that we thought we were going to see. This is the match that we hope to see. We didn't see it the first time no. on Dynamite, but it looks like we got it last night at All Out. Your thoughts? Mark, I appreciate what you're saying and the perspective that you're taking on this, and I get it, and I'm not going to ruin it for the people that are listening who are into your perspective on this. No, give However, me your opinion. Oh, I'm going to. 
but you're taking it you're you're taking it from one side of the curtain i'm going to take it from the other side of the curtain okay good i don't know how a guy who got beaten so definitively in three minutes and had a major, major injury that he couldn't walk away from the ring from, could all of a sudden miraculously come back. Unless he went to Benny Hinn or a faith healer and got better, I don't know how he miraculously was ready to go. Unless they jacked his leg up with so much cortisone or ankle up with so much cortisone. My point is this. You can't beat a guy as definitively as you beat him and then come back and happen what happened last night. Well, they did. And, yeah, they did. That doesn't make it. That doesn't make it right. Now, fans enjoyed it. It was a good match last night. Everybody liked it. I liked it. I would have I would have think I would have enjoyed this more if they would have stayed away from the ankle injury, because the ankle injury obviously is a non issue. It's just it never really was a thing. I would have rather have seen a shock and awe moment like we saw a la Goldberg and and Brock Lesnar then try to hide behind some kind of injury because obviously there's no injury there. We're working an injury, which is totally fine. So when I see, when I look at this, uh, when I look at the timeline of events from punk coming back to the actual injury to the get match against Moxley to what we saw last night, even Jr. <clears throat> went on record at an interview he did two, two nights ago. And, and he said, I, I don't know how they're getting around this storyline wise, because quite frankly, and this is JR's words, I don't know how Punk earned a rematch so quickly after having his ass handed to him uh, in three minutes definitively. And now we have this ankle. I mean, in, in just a couple of days, this ankle, you know, miraculously healed. And I know this is sports entertainment. We have creative liberties. But it just was, it, it seemed like the ankle injury was put in place as a crutch when I don't think those two guys needed a crutch. Well, I'm, I'm going to expose myself. Not, Whoa. Not, not literally, not right here in front of you, Dave. I'm sorry. But uh, I had surgery on my right shoulder uh, in 04 uh, when I was working with Chris Benoit. I, and I, I thought about quitting wrestling at the time because I just, I, I don't know. I after the disappointment of having a main event match at WrestleMania get taken away from you because you got injured, it sucked. And I just, I was emotionally like just pissed. So I'm I'm training and getting physical therapy and stuff, and I can't. I still don't have 100 percent range of motion in my shoulder. I go to the, I go to the 24 hour fitness in Austin. And I'm playing pickup basketball. And I saw a little window. And I got I've got I got the ball and I see this guy streaking to the basket. And I said, I'm gonna throw it through there. But you know, like my right shoulder's still in recovery. And I try to throw it and I thread it. I mean, the dude gets the ball, lays it up. It looks like some LeBron James type shit. I mean, it was awesome. And my shoulder went. <laughs> And I went, oh, I panicked. I thought I re took, just ripped the sutures out. I thought I was, I thought I was done. And about an hour later, it broke. What, what happened was, is I broke up that scar tissue that I'm getting physical therapy every day. And they're, they're slowly trying to get it right. You understand? But I just, crackled it all out at one 
pain. And my shoulder was 100% in about two days. It was sore. It was sore because I broke up stuff. But I was 100%. Excuse me. I was 100% in two days after that. And I was able to go back to work like nothing never happened. And I think that's kind of like what the story they were saying coming off the heels of what happened last Wednesday. That was more of a fear of that foot than the foot actually being a problem. And that's right. why, you and know, kind of reality that it was like he lost the confidence because he said he wasn't in pain. He didn't feel anything. So right away, he thought that that foot was going to be a problem again. And obviously it turned out not to be. But the lack of confidence. But that changed when we saw last night, you know, being there in the crowd bully last night, um, it was pretty strange. And here's why. We know how popular CM Punk is. And obviously CM Punk got one hell of a pop, but so did Moxley. Yes, he like, did. Moxley got one. And I was like, wow, this crowd's going to be split. But it seemed like during the course of that match, they turned on Moxley and they were booing Moxley and then completely behind CM Punk. Obviously, we're going to get into another match that was very similar to that last night in the, in the tag match for the championship. But like, I think goal was accomplished because bully by the time that match was over that Chicago crowd was firmly behind CM Punk. But I also think that that speaks to how popular John Moxley is. Would you ever walk into Yankee stadium and hear people cheer cheering for the Red Sox? Never, never. And Would that's you ever why walk I, into no, but I, that's why it kind of took me by surprise. Listen, I was gauging the crowd bully all weekend long. When we did our event on Saturday, I asked, who are you behind in the main event? Is it Punk or Moxley? And it was split 50-50 at the Pro Wrestling Tees event yesterday afternoon. I did the same thing, and it was split 50-50. And I thought that that crowd was going to be 50-50. But to your point, Bully, I was like, I was pretty floored by the ovation Moxley got when he came out last night. It, it's, it's hard to forget that despite the fact that it's Chicago, CM Punk, hometown guy, it's hard to forget that we still love John Moxley. Moxley's yes. entrance is amazing. Him playing, you know, coming out to Wild Thing and coming out through the crowd. It's a very unique entrance. It's reminiscent of the Sandman back 30 years ago and, and how much fun the entrance is. So no matter how, how much people love CM Punk and how he's the hometown guy, here comes John Moxley, and we don't have any reason to really hate him. And oh, by the way, he beat our hometown guy in three minutes as clean as clean can be in the middle. So it's like, let's get behind him. Let's enjoy the entrance. Let's have some fun with this. We'll chant for him a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're going to get behind our hometown guy. And that's what happened. And it would have been interesting to see what that match would have been like if it was anywhere but Chicago and what that crowd would be. I still, Mark, think, that as 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 popular as CM Punk is, and listen, we'll get into he's outspoken. Some people don't like it. Some people love the fact that he's but punk is punk and that's who he is. And he's not going to change for anybody. I still think, Mark, at the end of the day, John Moxley to me is the face of AEW. I, I don't know about the face, but he's definitely the heart and soul. Mm. He's the guy that everybody loves to get behind and his identity as a ass kicking. I don't care about what happens or who is the principal or who makes the most money. I'm going to come to the ring and smash your face in. It's going to be a bloody mess. And I'm going to wipe your blood on my chest. And like, I mean, he's Dave. There's, there's no chill in John Moxley. And that's what the fans love. They love the fact that he has zero chill. Yeah. He is 
I'm going to make you look bad all the time. And that, and it, who, who doesn't want to be that guy? And I thought the match that they had was incredible. Going back to your point, I think it was the match that people wanted to see from the get-go. And, and you know what? Bully, you said it on Busted Open, and I didn't agree with you. We actually had not only the conversation on Busted Open, but you and I had a personal conversation about it. You know, I didn't think that having that match on TV was going to do a big number. And it got over a million. And then the next week, we're like, all right, our fans going to be disappointed that it was a three-minute match. We'll find out in the rating the next week. And then the next week, they got over a million. So if the if the reason why they went that line was, hey, we're going to put it on TV, so we pop a rating, get people more interested in the pay-per-view, and then take it to what we saw last night, I guess you have to say mission accomplished, right, Bully? So now you're touting the rating system? Well, the only reason why is because I didn't think I no, but bully, I didn't think it would move the needle. I really didn't. That's why uh, I'm I, being, I did. I didn't. Think, I did. I, you did. And I didn't think it was. And I got to eat some crow and I got to praise you for what you said, because you're 100 percent right. One of the things that they did last night that I absolutely loved, and it happened at the very, very, very end of the pay-per-view, I think it was um, um Oh, my God. Who's the masked announcer? Uh, his name is just something. Excalibur. I think Excalibur said you have to tune into Dynamite on Wednesday to see what happens next. I'm paraphrasing or something like that. I love the connecting of the dots. I love the fact that out comes MJF to this massive reaction. There's Punk holding the championship up. There is MJF, you know, flashing the signal that he's going to be the next champion. What's going to happen? And then we're reminded that you have to tune in on Wednesday to see what's going to happen next. That is good, simplistic storytelling, reminding the people of where they can find the product on the night in which they need to generate the most interest, which is Wednesdays and Friday nights. So I really like that. And I'm happy to see that they popped a number. They popped a number for the match. And because the match was done so differently and intrigued people enough to stick around the very next week to see what's going to happen next. And I think last night they did a good enough job <clears throat> with their pay-per-view, especially the way they went off the air. And now the intrigue of MJF from for more for, for the same amount, if not more people to tune into on Wednesday night. Listen, the summer is over. Uh, you know, kids back in school, you know, people getting back into this whole nine to five swing of things, more apt to be parked in front of their television sets on Mondays, when, you know, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, you know, Thursdays and Fridays, almost every night. But I, I thought they did a great job of, of getting me to uh, want to tune in on Wednesday. You know, I, I think that if you talk about popping a number. There's two things I want to touch on the, the popping a number thing. MGF coming back. What is the number going to be like on Wednesday? That, that's the first thing. Yeah. And the other thing is what we talked about before uh, we started talking about this uh, is the Jim Ross saying that, you know, how they're going to get by, you know, with this and that. Every major champion, it always gets a rematch. Like, you know, you lose the title, you get a rematch. It just so happened that this pay-per-view was really, really close. But they did it in a clever way, Mark, because we talked about it. You know, sometimes you don't see the champion get a rematch, but what did they, what did Moxley do? He left an open challenge, and that open challenge was accepted by Punk. So I thought they covered their bases because you could come out and say, well, not every champion has gotten 
a rematch. Well, they did it in a way where you could go with that logic, or you could say that Punk made an open that Moxley made an open challenge and Punk answered that challenge. And which what did what Moxley happened. say? Moxley said, "He, I beat your ass once. I'm beat your ass again." He had, he was overconfident too. So there was a lot of factors. They 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 put all the ducks in a row for everybody to be able to understand. Even an eight year old fan understood. Moxley was not afraid of Punk. He was overzealous in the fact that, oh, open challenge. Come on, let's do it again. Let's run it back. He was the I'm one just that, I, on that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you talked about ducks in a row. I, uh, hmm. If I was in the arena last week when Moxley put out an open uh, an open contract to any challenger, I would have hit the ring and signed it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Nobody did. Been, Lord, been, how come you didn't run out there? <laughs> Oh, he's not going to whoop my ass. I'm going to tell you right now. My, I, my, I understand the Ducks are But Moxley goes, hey, whoever wants a shot, Moxley says whoever wants a shot can have a shot. And all you heard was crickets in the background. Nobody came out. How do you? It would have been like, the, like I said, it would have been like the 24-7 championship where everyone's running to the ring. Maybe all right. it was a big pile up in the back. Nobody could get out. <laughs> Maybe there. somebody locked the door. Yeah, it was a log jam. It was a log jam at the entrance. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Brad the Big Noise Evans from the Fantasy Fast Track. With the fantasy football season upon us, catch me and Brandon Funbuns Funston every week as we sprint through a variety of fantasy football topics, including waivers, trade targets, sleepers, plus, and more. If that first place medal is what you're after, we've got the information to help you make it happen. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Before we realized it was MJF, I'm sure at home and obviously in the arena, we heard a, per- a piece of audio. And we heard a familiar voice. That voice is Tony Khan. And it's so funny. We had Tony Khan on the show last Wednesday. And I asked him about the negativity that a lot of people had towards the Punk and Moxley match on Dynamite. And I said, does it bother you? And he said, you know what? No, because I want to do what's right for the fans. Here we are hearing a voicemail message from Tony Khan saying, you know what? I know you don't give a shit about the fans, but I do. And I know the fans want you back. And I think Bully and Mark, the fans did want MJF back, and you could tell by the reaction we got last he, night. He's a bastard, though, because if if he was to expose a voicemail message that I left him, and I, I would be so pissed, I would be like, "Who does that, man? Like, why would you do that?" And and I've I've, I've actually I told you I had the the voicemail of Big Show when I did the the retirement speech. He was he was I, I said what he said. 
Just so you both know, I saved all your voicemail messages, just so you know. Just Just so everybody knows, I don't really call you or leave messages. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Oh, God. (laughs) But I'll tell you, that is so low. Yeah. that, That, you know, you have a private conversation with somebody. And and they post it's like the girls that, you know, the guys that take pictures in the gym of girls on the treadmill. Like, I think that all of those people, those perverts should be wrong. I think that just going to jail is not enough. You need a whooping. You need a good whooping to tell you that that's not OK. But you know what? But what what MJF was able to do is he backed Tony into a corner. He packed, he backed Tony into the corner. It's like, all right, you're going to wait on this. You're going to wait on this. Can't wait on this anymore. And a lot of the ways too. some of those and, and going back to our previous conversation about contracts, bully, like when you first start with a company and it's smaller and it's not making the money that, it, you know, it's going to in the future, you sign a deal because you're part of the foundation, part of the pillar, part of the first, you know, pioneers in that company. And then as the company gets bigger and starts making more money, instead of giving that money to the people who helped you start that company, you're giving it to people from outside the company to be a part of your company. You'd be pissed. I would be pissed. And bully. I think that's the point he was making. So this, what happened last night was MJF MJF's way of saying that not only do I want to be, I don't, it's not about me wanting to be a part of this company. It's about you needing me to be a part of this company. So then what you guys are specifically saying is this, because let's not go around. Let's not talk around it. You're saying that let's that MJF had a contract for a specified period of time. And in that period of time, halfway through, let's say he proved himself to be worth much more than the number on that contract. Thus, Tony Khan should have paid him more money in the middle of the deal. Yeah, bully. I, 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 I respect what you're saying, because I believe the same thing. I would have said, you know what? And I, I took a 50% pay cut before in my career. And then I, with the promise that, oh, well, when business picks up, we'll up your money back and then we'll pay you what you lost. We just don't have it right now. We're trying to cut everybody. Okay, I, I, I'll deal with that. Of course, it never happened. I never got the money back. My money did go back up, but I never recoup what I lost. You understand? What he said, let's say it was it was 300 grand. Mm-hmm. Let's just say 300 grand, even number. You bring somebody in and you pay them a million and you're sitting there with two more years of making 300 grand. And this dude has got a five year deal for a million. I'm making all this up. This is this is not real. No, you could say that that that, that the you hypothetical. That you're, should, you don't think that 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 guy should. Uh, and he helped build the damn company. He's the biggest star, homegrown star in the company. And then you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't give him what what those other guys that you paid to come over worked through the pandemic at a time when yeah. you know he worked through the so, pandemic. So what you're saying is that Tony should have seen the value in MJF and bumped him up in the middle that of his contract. That's the story that's being told. Yes. That's the story that's being told. They but do the it story that's Jaguar. being told is, is mirroring reality because that's what happened in reality. is mirroring reality because it is reality. And, and yes, people have put the feelers out. Hey, um, you thought about coming to WWF? You thought about you know, leaving AEW and going to Japan or, or, or 
triple A. I'm making all this shit up. But I'm just saying from a hypothetical standpoint, you see how that feels to you inside? Of course, I'm a wrestler just like you. Of course I know how it feels. Yeah, so you know, my self-worth is more valuable than ever how much money you're going to pay me because I'm bleeding for it. I'm a broken fucking dude right now for all of the wrestling that I did. And I'm not by myself. Everybody is. But the only way... Give me what I did. I feel like this is what I deserve because this is what you paid this guy and I'm more over than him. The people come to see me. And I helped build this company. Yeah. I I helped you to make the money to pay this guy. And I believe that there was a willingness from a management, uh, forget about management, let's just call it who it is. I believe there was a willingness from Tony to give MJF the money or the bump that he was looking for if MJF would have signed a fresh deal. Because I don't think you can put yourself in a position as an owner to just start paying somebody more money in the middle of their deal because then you set a precedent for every other wrestler. I can see that. I can see that. I can understand that. But that's that's where you get, you know, like Tony has a private plane. He can he could have so easily on one of those flights that MJF flew on his plane said, hey, man, look, it's just me and you. Um, I value you. I know who you are. I know what you are. I'm going to pay you. I just can't do it right now, because if I do it right now, then this guy and that guy and that guy, his deal, their deal's coming up next year. They're going to do the same thing, and I'm not going to be able to afford that. But not everybody is MJF. Like, I understand what you're saying and bully what you're saying as far as like there's going to be talent, right? That's going to be like, well, if he got a bump, why can't I? Well, not everybody is the elite. Not that's everybody's true. as good as MJF, but you know? But that's not, you know, the temperament of people. They, they're like, well, you paid him. They paid me. I, I was here, too. Well, that's why well, people, as a people wrestler, are- the only thing as an independent contractor, all you have as a safety net is your contract. Guaranteed. That's all you have to go on. And if you are a, a performing above and beyond the call of duty and you still have a year left on your deal and you want more money and the boss wants to give you more money, but wants to sign you for a longer period of time. I do believe that that is two sides coming together to meet yes. in the middle. Yes. And, and that and that's the way you do it legally, professionally. It, it, it sounded like if you're listening to the whispers or the rumors, it sounded like MJF wanted a bump in his money, but didn't want to sign the new deal as quick. It sounded like Tony wanted to put him on paper. But if I'm going to put you on paper for more money, especially with the money that you think you deserve, and I think you deserve also, I need you to lock you up for a longer period of time. Well, that's why that sounds good. Yeah. But that's why that voicemail that was played is so significant because honestly, Mark and Bully, was that part of the show? Maybe. Was that a real message that was left on MJF's answer machine? It's possible, right? Because right there, it's like, I got it. I got to make this move. I don't. I don't necessarily want to make this move. I think there's something better that was going to be more mutual beneficial for both of us. But now I'm forced to make this move because, hey, my motto is doing it for the fans. The fans want you. So now I'm you're forcing the hand. 
to be able to make that deal. And that's why we saw what we saw last night. Is it part of the show? Probably. Is it real life? Going back to what you said, bully. Well, it's possible. Off. It's possible. <laughs> it's a one time. Yeah. Off. This, this offer is not going to happen next week. I think that there are a lot of real life issues going on right now behind the scenes within AEW, but they're doing a good job in blurring the lines and how it put, uh, plays out in the ring. Got to be careful, though, because if too many of those problems get out of hand, then you have an issue on your hands and you have a, a locker room full of you know unhappy talent. As long as you're able to turn everything that's going on behind the scenes into something positive, you're going to be good. And, you know, but bully like and 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 we always try we always bring up mainstream sports on this show a lot, especially yeah. football. But like, you know, bully and you notice you're a Yankee fan. That, that that's 77 78 Yankees those those guys hated each other you know uh that locker room was a mess uh the Raiders you know the 70 the 77 Raiders that locker room was a mess they hated each other Reggie yet, Jackson and Billy Martin yeah well Reggie Jackson and Thurman Munson you know there was there was a lot of those a lot of the most successful teams the Pittsburgh Steelers who won four Super Bowls you know yeah the the head coach and Terry Bradshaw did not like each other. I mean, you sometimes, even though you may not get along in the locker room and may not get along personally, when it comes to getting on the field and, and, and winning, they had no problems winning championships. No. So it's, it's, it's funny now in, I, I guess more because we know more because of social media and because people leak things out, we know more of what goes on behind the scenes. But when I was a Yankee fan, when I was a kid, I thought I thought Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson, Billy Martin were holding hands walking down the street. I didn't know they hated each other. Hey, you see it, Billy. Speaking of the Yankees, you see that rocket that Judge hit yesterday? He's on fire. He might break the record. Four fifty and pool holes. Oh my God. Okay, we'll we'll talk about <laughs> another show. But man, listen, I I I really agree with you from the standpoint, Bully, that. Do your job, respect your contract, and keep it moving. But, and that is a big, giant, huge video model size, but you have to make exceptions to every rule. And, you know, we, we look at, at, at uh, football right now, the Ravens quarterback, uh, Watt, uh, Jackson. Jackson wants... Two hundred and thirty million guaranteed, maybe two forty guaranteed, because somebody else got it. Not because he feels, you know, I think I'm worth two thirty. No, it's because there's a precedence that has been set, and then another guy got a ten year deal for what four hundred and eighty million dollars. I want that. Pay me $230 million too. So I can't knock it, but I love the fact that this is being used in the business because one is educational. It's teaching these young people to pay attention to the numbers, pay attention to the structure around you. But are you able to do the work to get that money? And Max is proving I deserve it because he is trying to get better even though he's already good. I'm going to change my body up. 
I'm going to change my cadence the way that I deliver promos. I'm going to learn to do a flippity flying florin just so I could, you know, woo the crowd. Where where's the where's the the the, the negative of that? There's no negative. It's all positive. And we've seen plenty of guys in the industry above perform above and beyond the call of duty and not get bumps in money. All right. It seems that Max wanted a bump in money and Tony wanted to give give it to him, but wanted Max for a longer period of time. We can sit here and talk till the cows come home about how great Max is. Big fucking deal. He has a contract. Yeah. You either you either fulfill the length of your contract and then renegotiate, or if the boss wants to renegotiate in the middle of the contract, you're going to have to accept the terms that he wants to. Okay, Max, you want more money, and I think you deserve more money. But what I need from you is more time on paper. This is Jimmy Smith, voice of WWE Monday Night Raw and host of Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. And I'm here to let you know that Unlocking the Cage is now available as a podcast. That's right. You'll get my take on the trending stories in combat sports and interviews with some of the biggest names in the fight game. I'm bringing you shows every weekday. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked, from family farms and cold press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Something that you don't see a lot in the world of pro wrestling, and that is the crowd turn on a wrestler or a match. You don't see it a lot anymore. And we saw that last night. And I want to get your take on what you thought of the match, what you thought of the moments, and would have things been different years ago? And the match I'm talking about was the match for the AEW World Tag Team Champions. And that is Keith Lee and Swerve going up against the acclaimed. And Bully... Like, listen, when he claimed came out, people were into him. They got a nice pop, but people were into the champs as well. It's not like the champs were getting booed when they made their entrance. But as that match went on, I, I saw a crowd completely change their perspective. You had 10,000 plus fans cheering the acclaim and not just cheering the acclaim, but booing. Keith Lee and Swerve. and Swerve. Like whenever Keith Lee or Swerve got into the ring, whenever they got any kind of offense, they got booed. I mean, and I'm telling you right now, if the acclaimed would have won and would have won those tag team champions last night. It would have been hard to beat. It would have been hard to beat. And that they, they would have blew the roof off that place if the acclaimed would have won those tag titles, Mark. Yeah, I, I I second that. I mean, just hearing like there was a point where um Max Caster got pinned and it sounded like Shawn Michaels when he kicked out. 
It was so damn good. And I told them, I didn't know the finish. So I thought, oh my God, the claims are going to win. And I went to Gorilla because I, if they had won those titles, when they walked up the ramp, I was going to be standing there and I was going to scissor the hell out of them. I told them I'm never scissoring nobody. They try to, they walk up to me all the time. Like, Hey, scissor. I'm, no, if you ever win a championship, I'll scissor. You. <laughs> and so that was, that was our thing. I was going to be standing there and I was going to do it. And I went to prepare to do it. That's how much I thought that they were going to win and how the crowd was just, Oh, it was beautiful. It was, it was definitely a moment. So bully, I have to pose this question. A lot of fans around me, everybody assumed if you had to do win, loss, win, loss, win, loss down that down those matches last night, you're probably giving a loss to the acclaim going into that match. Yeah. But judging from what we were seeing before our eyes, I, every fan wanted to see the acclaimed win. Obviously, they lost. My question first to you, Bully, and then to you, Mark. Bully, if this match took place... 1985, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95. Would the match, would the outcome of that match change last night in Chicago? Side note, my friend Flounder uh, is a big fan of that scissoring thing. Um, If this match took place 30 years ago, would, uh, would they have changed the finish on the fly? Are you talking about the wrestlers taking it upon themselves to change the finish on the fly? Yes. Like, like, you know, a wrestler saying if like the promoter didn't want that. Then so I, I don't see that happening. No, but uh, okay. So the only then, situation I'm, I can think of Dave where a wrestler, well, the only one that I know of where a wrestler took it upon himself to change a finish on the fly is Ric Flair and Jack Venano. Um, when they wrestled in the Dominican Republic because Flair was concerned for his life and his safety. I don't know of any other situations where wrestlers have just taken upon themselves to change shit up on the fly. That is a very risky situation. That's grounds for getting fired, whether that was 30 years ago or today. Say again, Mark. I said our suit. Well, yeah, you you could be sued because that technically would be a breach of contract as you're going against whatever was discussed and you know talked about. Right, let me so let me throw it a different way. What about the promoter making the decision, judging from the crowd reaction, judging from the like, like holy shit, we can we could really make a memorable moment right now yeah. with this match where it's like that he's called. All right, we got we got it. Whatever we have planned, we're changing because we we're gonna have an unforgettable moment take place here. I'm sure it's happened. I'm I'm dead sure that that's happened before. That uh, is a different story I, because I then a promoter could come down to the ring, or an agent could come down to the ring, get word to the referee to switch the finish. So yes, that could definitely happen. If let, let's say last night something happened where Tony Khan is listening to that match and he's realizing, wow. The acclaimed is really over. Maybe I should have done this finish a different way. It's very easy for Tony Khan to get word to the referee, switch the finish. And if the referee is switching the finish, it might cause a little bit of confusion amongst the boys, but that's when the referee lets them know, hey, this is coming from the top, acclaimed over with their finish. 
One of the bigger issues, I think, in the match last night, Dave, and this is not just last night. This is across the board in wrestling. Mark, you've been in a ring. Want to get your take on this, too. It's when it comes to making a save in tag team wrestling. Obviously, making the save is when your partner is getting pinned, but you come in to break up the three count. What we saw last night was a three count getting broken up entirely too late to the point where, in my opinion, the acclaimed won the match and went over. But it's the way wrestlers are making the saves these days where they're just diving on the guy on top and just like, it's almost like flag football. If I can touch the guy on top, then the count just stops. The referee really shouldn't be stopping the count for that. The referee starts to count when he sees shoulders pinned to the mat. So if you're going to make a save in wrestling, moving forward in tag team wrestling, knock the guy on top off of the pin so your partner can get his shoulders up or pull the guy who's pinning off of the top of the pile. The idea is to get the guy's shoulders off the mat from getting pinned, not just run in and dive on a pop pile. And all of a sudden we get a miraculous save where the referee starts, stops counting. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's just not a W that's every wrestling company in the world. That's why that's I said across the board. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. I think a rematch is in order based on the maybe mistake that was made on one of the calls on TV. Um, absolutely. Wait. I, I uh-huh. why not? Why not do it on TV? I I, I think it's, I, I don't mind title uh, titles changing hands on TV that gives your company the aura of anything can happen at any time. Thus I have to tune in Mark. Remember when the boys would always complain in WWE, like, how can we never switch a secondary title on a house show? Because if we switch a secondary title on a house show, then we're teaching the audience that they have to show up to a house show because you never know when you're going to get a title switch and you want to be there when a title changes hands. Exactly. Thus on TV, I'd like to see some type like a TV championship. I believe a TV championship should change hands on TV frequently. Well, I mean, there is an event coming up at the end of this month called Grand Slam in Queens, New York. Anthony and Max are both from that area. Anthony from New Jersey and Max from New York. So as loud and as proud as that crowd was in Chicago for the acclaimed, I would think in front of 22,000 fans in New York City, it's going to be even hotter for the acclaimed. So I would have that rematch at Grand Slam. Busted open as a part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Early. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Fight Nation's program director is Eddie Brasilli, or as we call him, Big Boss Man, Eddie Brasilli. Marissa Reeves is the director of sports podcast. A special thanks to senior vice president of sports and podcast, Steve Cohen. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. 
That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.